You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, man, we got an amazing creator slash publisher homies just went in he's like i'm gonna do my own comics it's a high adventure cosmic horror pro fantasy type stuff my man got an awesome project right now on kickstarter has 19 days to go he's almost at his at his goal so i hopefully after this goddamn podcast you guys will make him reach his fucking goal because he's only 200 bucks away from that this book is called the river of blood oh man doesn't that sound awesome this man again is a writer he's a publisher he's a creator i'm honored to introduce the one and only mr sean fahey what's going on kiddo how you doing doing well man how are you that that is an that is an insane intro yeah well man because you're you're insane you're an insane creator doing some awesomeness so thank you you know, let me give you flowers early. Thank you for like sharing your, your creations out there, putting yourself out there, like to share these amazing stories and creations and, you know, being a bold entrepreneur, if you will, to say, Hey, you motherfuckers don't want this. Watch how everybody wants this and you're proving it. So I love it. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. You are an indie boss. So Sean, man, uh, thank you for getting, you know, hanging out. Tell us a little about yourself, a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, so right now I'm living in uh, outside of Washington, D.C., but I've bounced all over, um, spent most of my life in Georgia, uh, and Georgia is still home. That's where my wife's family is from. And, what's, uh, what's your favorite food from Georgia? I love barbecue, dude. So yeah, I, I am a well. pulled pork, <laughs> smoked, smoked brisket kind of guy. Empire, bro, I can't wait till we hang out. We're both going to be fat fucks together. Nice. Well, I'm already a fat fuck, so. <laughs> I'm getting there. Wifey don't want to tell me, but I've been looking. I'm like, damn, but I'm starting to grab some more skin than usual. <laughs> so that's why you just do it from the head up, man. So yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Me, you only see me from here up, because if you see this pipa, as, as we Puerto Ricans call it, it's a wrap. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So uh, talk about, man, I want to know your journey, bro. So here, here you are, this amazing comic book creator, but I always love to get into the origin. So who introduced you to fandom? Well, how did you get into this? Was it comics? Was it cartoons? Was it movies? And who introduced you? Yeah, I mean, probably a combination of comics and, and film. So I grew up uh, reading, you know, Sergeant Rock, Conan. Um, who put Hay. those in your hand, though? What's that? Who oh, put those who- in your hand? Yeah, my dad was kind of a big film. He's a oh, not yeah. a daddy. Finally, That's everybody right. says it was mama. You're yeah, one no, of the no. few my, that uh, says it was my papa. <laughs> yeah, my dad. My dad is kind of a crusty old marine who loved war comics, and so I remember getting Sergeant Rock and you know the losers and weird war tales, and uh, he loved though. movies too. He loved westerns, particularly um, you know One Eyed Jacks, Shane, The Wild Ooh. Bunch. Love it. Yeah. Wow. So that that was kind of my introduction to genre, you know, genre material. It's just genre material. So yeah. okay, so you so through Amy, this guy would get this war comics. When did you discover that it was horror and superheroes and all that? Was that on your own or still through him? 
Yeah, a little bit through him. And then, you know, my mother was big into mysteries and horror films as well. And uh, so got, you know, when I was old enough to go to the comic store on my own, you know, started getting my own allowance, started looking at, at books that had supernatural elements like, you know, Jonah Hex saw it was kind of the Western with the supernatural element to it as well. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, love the mystery movies, got into love, you know, reading Lovecraft and I love Lovecraft. Yeah. Racist as that motherfucker was, it was, it's, it's some great reading though. Right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Some, some, some fascinating stuff, you know, Stephen yes, King, was. uh, and just kind of, you know, developed as that, you know, from there, um, you know, my interest from kind of all over the place. So I, I had some very imaginative to parents that weren't afraid to, um, you know, expose their kids to some weird shit very early on. I In love fact, it. I, I'm not, I am not making this up. I, I remember, um, going to see as a six year old. Conan the Barbarian in the movie theater. Oh, you saw it in the movies? Lucky you. See, my yeah. first movie was at, at, at five, six years old as well, but it was the Hell Knight with Linda Blair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my parents took me to see. I was watching these crazy ass horror movies and action movies. I remember seeing, you know, like, you know, all the Rocky, uh, at least three and four, no, what was it? Two and three of the Rocky movies. I remember seeing, um, uh, shit, what was that? I remember seeing several movies actually with them. In the Rocky movie though, the one where he fought Clubber, my father got lost in the movie theater. See, so we both have our parents to blame for for uh, for us becoming kind of the weird fucks that we are today. So. Yes, we are. Yeah, he, he, then once we had a video store and he we finally bought a VCR, my father would finally be like, "Here's ten bucks rent." Movies. There were two bucks at a time, so it's five movies almost every, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. I'm like, damn, I was yeah. That that was his addiction, and you know, he's like, just make sure you bring me two action movies at least. Right. And I'm like with a threat, you know, dads. I said, all right, bet pop. So always two action, but then I always had at least three horrors. <laughs> but those those type of video stores are also you know a great education in storytelling. Right. So I remember the type of video stores that you're talking about where like for, like for five bucks, you could walk away with a stack of movies for the weekend. Yes. And then you're seeing new releases. You're seeing classic Westerns. You're seeing classic horror. You're seeing classic, you know, spy movies. Right. And no commercials. Through, finally. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're you're, you're kind of learning how to visually tell a story. Um, yeah, it's yeah. A kind of a crash course in visual storytelling. Yes, it is. I mean, you develop such a relationship with those people. They were like, hey, this is what we got new. You want these? I mean, that that's where I reached a point when it came to horror. That the lady was like, hey, Alex, this is what we got. I'm like, damn, they know me. I felt like fucking Norm from Cheers. You know what I mean? Right. Ow! Hey, yeah, what do you got new, Rosie? <laughs> yeah, and I so I miss those kind of relationships with stores. Like, I feel like I walk in a store now and you know, you're paying for the pleasure of their time. Of perusing the store and just a nod of the head that they acknowledge that you're a customer. Right. And it, it used to be exactly the way that you're talking about. There was the neighborhood video store. In our case, it was Silver Spring before there was oh, even nice. a blockbuster. And they knew what my dad liked. It was all the spy movies, all the war movies. <laughs> and it was like, hey, Mr. Faye, we got five new ones for you. And now, like you say, you're lucky if they even notice you walking through the door. They so, even acknowledge you with yeah. a fucking head nod. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the old school '90s shit. Yeah, yeah. What up, dude? All right.
Thank you for coming. Okay. Anyway, so I want to talk about your tribe. When did you find your tribe? Because, you know, here you are, a young nerd that has traveled, obviously, through the States. Because you said you haven't had one home. Right. But did you find tribes at every home you were at? Or did it take time to kind of find your people? I think it, you know, I think it happens kind of everywhere that you're at. You know, it's, there's, I mean, there's geeks and nerds everywhere, man. And so, you know, you just got to fly your freak flag, you know, be proud of it. And then, you know, like-minded people will, will you say freak, your dog you. went nuts. He goes, how dare you insult us like this? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was uh, like, I remember growing up, I spent most of my life growing up in um, a place called Alpharetta, Georgia, which was a kind of a bedroom community for Atlanta. And I had a couple of great friends there that were just genre, uh, just fanatics, you know, horror okay. film, war film. That was that um, shit. You know, like subscriptions to Fangoria and me uh, too, bro. Don't this. Starlog. I and, love yeah. that fucking magazine, Fangoria, right. bro. Let me tell you, my mom had me take down posters because my brothers were terrified. I, you little punks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea, my best friend up the street, his his walls were covered by with posters for like Pumpkinhead, Rawhead, yeah, me Rex. too. Yeah, I had the faceless Jason, you know, no mask, Jason. That looked great. Right. So, yeah, so I found my tribes pretty early on and just kind of continue to continue to stay in touch. Was it easy, though, when you find your tribe? Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird. I think um, I remember moving to Georgia in 1982, which was like a, a landmark year for kind of genre and geek stuff. I mean, 82 was the year. To the best of my memory, that was the year that Raiders of the Lost Ark, John Carpenter's The Thing, E.T., and Empire Strikes Back all came out. Fucking Christ. Like around that time when I first moved to Georgia. So even even kind of the quote-unquote jock kids and stuff, everyone loved Empire Strikes Back. Everyone loved Raiders of the Lost Ark. 82 was a good nerd year. After that, it wasn't. (laughs) You know, and and kind of Atari was just kind of taking off. They got Atari, bro. They even got the new VCS now. Shout out to them. Yeah, I saw that. So it was was kind of a period where folks that you normally didn't associate as just being kind of the nerdy, geeky folks liked a lot of genre-type material. Right. And so it was, it was easy to find a group of friends that were like-minded um, around that period of time. I mean, that, that, again, that was just a great year uh, for that type of material. And it, it, it went beyond kind of, kind of the traditional stereotypes of who would like that material and who wouldn't. Yeah, and that's yeah. why, I mean, that's why films like The Thing and Raiders are still classics that we watch every year now because those, those were such great films that Word. crossed a R, lot of borders. R. Yeah. R. Because, yo, bro, I, I, I could watch the thing over and over and over again. I love that movie. And every time, I always find something else to kind of focus on. Yeah. Because the first time was that motherfucking spider head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. That creeped me out as a kid. Right. That was my standout, like, oh, shit. Like, I, can't, I, I, I would die. Yeah, and I watched that film again about two weeks ago with my eldest son, and it never ceases to amaze me that this is in a period that was decades before CGI. I mean, right? These are all, all practical effects. Yeah. And they look better than most of the CGI that we're seeing today. Preach! Preach, my brother. You preach. You preach. Because I say that shit all the time, Sean. It's like, 
You know what I mean? There's nothing beats back in the day. Those practical special effects. Right. The CGI is nice. I'm not dissing that, but it just doesn't look as natural as the practical. I mean, this is why you have those legends like Tom Savini that can make that shit look right. just insane. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I agree. I mean, you you know you bring up the great point in that it's it's good to strike a balance. And so you look at movies like Dune. I think Dune struck a great balance between. I love that movie. Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It's such, you know, and such a great, it's such a faithful my, One of my boys yeah. hated that. One shot them out. But they're like, oh, I, I prefer the 84. I'm like, you are nuts. Right. You but, are nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, you can tell that they went out in the desert and they shot that thing. And you could tell that yeah. they built sets and the CGI complemented that. Yeah. And it's, so th- here's a really weird comment. I think the best use of CGI that I've ever seen is actually David Fincher's Zodiac. Um, and it, and I say that because you don't even notice that he's using it. Like you need to dig deep into the special features where they talk about it. And so they use the CGI to recreate San Francisco during that period when the case is they going were, on. Really? Yeah. And so a lot of those backdrops and cityscapes are actually CGI. And so they use it to complement the narrative and get you into that time period. And it seems you don't even know that they're doing it uh, until, you, you know, you kind of dig deep into the special features. You're like, that entire street was, uh, was CGI. Was fake? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And let's talk about some creativity, brother, because let's talk about your, your, your press. What, what is Blackjack Press? Talk to me about this. Yeah, so Blackjack Press is, is you know, my small indie publisher that I started about 10 years ago. Um, I used to do comic book reviews for a pop culture website called Chud.com and read a lot of comic books and just, you know, decided at some point that I wanted to do my own stuff. And so Blackjack Press was the start of that. Like, I figured, you know, I, I had to put my money where my mouth was. I, you know, I wanted to get something out there. I wanted to have absolute control over it. And I wanted to kind of start slowly with anthologies. Like, I knew if um, – I knew that trying to tell the 100-page epic was going to set set me up for failure. Just, just And that's just me. I'm not saying that people can't do it. Some people have. Some people was that just, based on your experience as a reviewer that you kind of saw that? Uh, a, no, just kind of, just kind of no? knowing my, knowing my own limitations, like knowing okay. that, you know, Hey, you've got a day job, you've got a family, you, you know, you need to take this in kind of bite-sized chunks and, and you need to learn how to crawl before you learn how to walk okay. and walk before you run. And, True. and so the anthology seemed like a good way to kind of start doing that and, you know, have an opportunity to work with several different artists uh, over a short period of time rather than one artist over a long period of time, work with other writers, um, you know, get exposed to different styles and different techniques. Uh, so I started with a Western series called Tall Tales from the Badlands, which started as a traditional Western anthology, but it soon turned into a weird West anthology that, that seemed to be the most <laughs> popular, the most popular stories. The folks that wrote for us were most interested in doing those type of stories. And, and, they became kind of the more like I am the biggest geek for the traditional style Western, but writing the weird West Westerns was a much more interesting process. In movies, who's your go-to Western guy? And in comics, who's your go-to Western? So in, in film, it's John Ford. I mean, I love, I oh, love damn. the searchers. The searchers. Wow. Is my, yeah. Not a name I expected. I salute you, my brother. Thanks. 
Yeah, so The Searchers is one of my favorite films. Um, and you know, I love, you know, the, I love the Calvary trilogy with uh, oh, John Wayne. Nice. Um, and, you know, Ford was just a fantastic visual storyteller. Um, I like Sam Peckinpah's films. I love The Wild Bunch. Um, I love Ride the High Country, which I think is probably the, the most underestimated Western, I think, of all time. Oh. It's, it's a genuine classic that few people have, have really seen or even heard of. And it was one of Peck and Paul's what, first films. What is it called again? Ride the High Country. Ride the High Country. Who's in it? Uh, Randolph Scott. And, um, yeah, I apologize. If, I can't remember the name of the other actor. It was, they're kind of two aging Western stars. Okay. And the, the story is kind of about the last ride. Of these like an unforgiven scale like that? Yeah, very much okay. so. Yeah, yeah, very nice. much so. It's it's got a fantastic ending and it's just well done. It's it's not one of these showy type of films that kind of it, it jumps out at you. It's just very competent, great storytelling with great characters and just a fantastic ending. I cannot wait. I'm gonna look at this up and I'm gonna email you. Like, Yo, Sean, I saw it. I loved it. Or I decided they are. So you're crazy, you know man. No. I'm, I'm never going to have you on the show again. Your taste is horrible. No, 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 brother. No, no, no. Absolutely not, bro. Because again, I think if, if you're worse, I, I love my spaghetti western. I'm a big Clint fan. So, I mean, if it's along those lines, then I think you, you know, you're already, you know, thank you for blessing me with something I haven't watched yet. Yeah. So it's more, it's, so Ride the High Country is more along the lines of a John Ford movie than kind of a Sergio Leone movie. It's not hyper stylized okay. violence. Um, it's, okay. like you say, it's something, it's, it's closer to Unforgiven. Unforgiven yes. is a very, very good example. And, and it's a great movie. I yeah. love Unforgiven. I mean, it's just dudes at the end of their day, like, I right, son, let's just, you know. What right. are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we going to do? And talking about that, man, because what are we doing? Because right now you got an awesome kick-ass Kickstarter. I mean, it is called the River of Blood. I love that name, man. That's yeah. I was, I, mean. I was going for a very pulpish kind of Robert E. Howard type angle, kind of, you know, something evocative of you know Conan the Barbarian. Um, you know, pulp fantasy, swords and sorcery type stuff. And the river of blood just kind of stuck out um, as I was kicking ideas for titles around. And so that's what we ultimately ended ended up going with. Um, and, and, and look at this. Uh, Magnola-ish, if you will, right here. I appreciate that. Picture. Yeah, yeah. So Carlos, and, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. Carlos is, uh, he's, he's a fantastic artist. And so he's got yes. a lot of different influences, but Magnola is definitely one of them. You know who else? Uh, uh, man, uh, uh, forgive me, but the artist behind Headlopper. Have you read yeah, that book? And, uh, Andrew McLean. Yes. 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 I mean, also that look as well. Andrew, again, I kind of look at him that way, but also I see that Headlopper is in it. And I love that fucking book too. I mean, who walks around with a fucking witch's head? You know what I mean? <laughs> Sick, bro. I love Andrew. That, that. Yeah, that, that comic is a lot of fun. There's some great world building going on there. Yes, it um, is. And uh, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable read, man. It's, the dialogue is hilarious. The, you know, the yeah. action is, is fantastic. And what I'm happy about is I actually caught on to that before it was on Image. So oh, I got okay. to meet him when it was totally an independent title, and he just did that successful Kickstarter. I saw him at a show in Massachusetts. Right. I was like, oh, my God, I love fucking Conan, and this is right up my alley. And it truly is. I mean, and, and this, too, 
I mean, yo, you got swords, sorcery, fucking, I mean, look at this artistry here, the river of blood. So please talk to us. What is this? So the river of blood is what I would, I would call a Viking horror story. Um, it's if you can imagine the, the series Vikings and the series supernatural kind of smash together and have a, a oh. bastard love, bastard love child. Oh my God. It's an orgy of, uh, of these. It would, it would look something like this. And so. <laughs> You know, kind of the basic premise is that it follows a group of Varingian Guard mercenaries in Constantinople that have to flee the city because their leader has been falsely accused of murder by one of his political rivals. And so on their way back up north through the Volga River, which goes goes through what have been would have been medieval Russia at the time, um, they come across a settlement that is under siege by some unknown force. Some folks believe it's river pirates. Other folks believe it's, you know, supernatural forces on the river. They agreed to help and figure out that the true cause of the evil is far worse and far darker than anything anyone mm. involved in the book had, had imagined. And so it's about their journey on the river, how that journey changes them. Um, about the, you know, it's about courage, about what the true meaning of genuine courage means, uh, you know, because after at the end of the day, these are just ordinary people. These are ordinary men that have, are facing an extraordinary circumstance and they need to dig deep inside themselves. They need to revisit their moral compass um, and their values to figure out how they're going to get their way out of this thing. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And talk about the formation of this team. How did you find your squad? So, you know, to tell the story. Yeah. So I had worked with both Carlos and Jacques before. So Carlos did a I mean, story. Jacques, shit. Nice. Jacques. I, I, I know Jacques. Yep. 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 I, 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 he, 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 uh, follows on comic crew for a long time and I've been aware of the artistry. So I'm like, okay, cool. When I saw yeah. him involved, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Shit, yeah, he was a both of them, yeah, strong. both of them insanely talented guys, and both of them I had had the pleasure of working with before. So, nice. I, Carlos did a story for uh, or the second issue of our Tall Tales Western anthology, okay. and also for Dark Matter, which is our science fiction horror anthology. Jock, I had worked with on Sagas of the Northmen, which is our Viking anthology, and then he he also did pieces for us. In you Dark love Matter. them Vikings, kiddo. Oh, absolutely, man. I like who, <laughs> Honestly, who, who doesn't love Vikings? Yeah, but I mean, I got swords up here. They may be Japanese swords, but I'm about to get me a Conan-sized sword and start kicking some ass one day when the zombies come or when the aliens visit. Whatever happens first. That's right. Um, because at some point, we're all going to run out of ammunition. And so you need something that's going to stand the test of time, right? And yes. that you're going to be able to get the aliens with when uh, when all the bullets are. <laughs> but you ain't, you know, bro, uh, I really think that's going to happen one day, bro. <laughs> Shit. And look at this artistry, though. I'm, like, in love with it. Look, suitless motherfuckers. There was no dentist back then. This poor guy. He probably <laughs> got punched in the mouth one too many times for being fresh, you know? But I mean, look at the coloring. Look at the art. I mean, word bubbles. Oh, I mean, this this team you've built here. Yeah, no, very lucky. And then you, know, you mentioned the word bubbles as well. So the letterer too is is uh, is someone that we've worked with for a long time, Cal Mutal, um, who's uh, been with us really from the beginning, from Tall Tales uh, number one all the way up to River nice. Blood. And he is. He really knows his stuff. He, the thing I like about Kel is that he allows the artists, he gives them the space to allow. He their knows art. where bubble placement. Yeah. 
he gives them the space they need to make the art work. Yes. Um, and so much of, I'm not sure how far into the book you've gotten, but so much, as you can, as you know, like so much of the artwork relies on shadows, silhouettes, and kind of subtle visual cues. And so Kel is very good at making sure that the artists have the space they need in order to do that. Because as you know, horror is difficult in comic books. You know, we don't control the pacing the way that a filmmaker would be able to do. Um, you know, the folks can kind of come and go as they want. And there's there's no jump scares there. So you need to kind of visually get inside people's heads and, and toy with the imagination. And so Carlos and Jock were very good at that in terms of creating images that leave folks wondering what's going on beyond the shadows. And Kel was very good about making sure he didn't get in their way and gave them the space they needed to, to convey that imagery. Agree, agree. I, I spoke with the great Janice Chang, and, and she was talking about those word placement bubbles, you know what I mean? How, where you placement, that way that the artist could shine. And I see that. So homie comes from the school of Janice. That's great. <laughs> I see it. I mean, this is a greatly looking produced book. The art looks dope. Vicious. No, I appreciate that. that, man. I appreciate that. And then, I mean, again, and the lettering you said, I mean, you know, knowing how to use it properly. And, and the story flow, I mean, look at this creative team here. You know what I mean, bro? You, you, you've done several things with legendary DC. Sorry, I mean, bro. How do you feel about your journey? What was the first taste of your journey like? What was the first big story you ever did? And how did you feel when you finally landed it? Yeah. So the, uh, kind of the first big thing was getting Tall Tales number one out. And so, you know, having that first comic book, holding that in my hands and saying, Hey, you know, Saying I put together a team. It, right? Yeah. I put together <laughs> a team. I wrote a couple of stories. I, you know, I contacted people yeah, over the fine, internet nice. and we met and we worked together and we put this thing together and now we're moving on to the second one. Um, so that, you know, that in some ways, to be honest, nothing will ever top that, you know, that, that realization that, Hey, you can, you can do it. You know, if you just roll up your sleeves, um, you know, put your nose to the grindstone and just literally, yeah, you can get, get her done, get her done, get her done, just send it. Right. And, um, so that was probably the, I don't know, probably the, the best moment, if you will. Um, but there's been some, some other highlights as well. I've been lucky to be part of some other folks anthologies as well to include, uh, Tandal Wars, which was a world war one anthology that got nominated for an Eisner, the great Ooh. team. How did you feel one. about that, man? I mean, even there were even Eisner associated with your name, like right yeah, there. no, it was cool. And I, you know, they very good editors on that project that let me tell the story that I wanted to tell. Um, Shout out to good editors, man. Yeah, for real, because not many of them they, they act too bougie. So, you know, thank you for those that actually allow creative freedom. That's right, but also, you know, at the same time, creative freedom, but very good feedback in terms of in terms of helping me tell the story I wanted to tell, you know, recognizing what I wanted to accomplish and helping me get there. Um, yeah, guided in the right path. Of course, man, creative feeling with, with little hay. You know, <laughs> maybe you did this, it's fine, but it's still creative freedom. Right. I, what I mean, I, I've seen a lot of creators some kind of lose their, their, their grasp on their creations because they allow editorial to, to control so much of the story. And as the creator, I mean, then are you really the creator? Right, exactly. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? So make sure that you hold your own, guys, everyone. Like, That's like right. Hold me here. Like, you know, do your thing. You listen when it's important to listen. Otherwise, tell your story. You know, I love it, man. Because, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the page here. You're not too far away from reaching the goal, right? Right. So right now, we're, we're only, again, 200 bucks away with 19. I mean, dude. When people just take a look at this just on this video, they're going to fall in love. I mean, this is beautiful art. This looks fantastic. And, I mean, yo, you could get on on the cheap. I mean, five bucks, 25 bucks. I mean, and look at the things you get. So talk about that. Talk about the little extras we'll get, you know, depending on what we pitch in on over here. Oh, man. Yeah, so you you bring up. um, Oh, my God. You brought up a great point in terms of, you know, kind of our lowest reward tier, five bucks. So for $5, a complete copy of the book. And so it's an 86 86 pages. $5, 86 pages for $5? Yep. So That's five bucks will get you. Folks, you hear that shit? Five wow. bucks will get you a complete copy of the book. Um, wow. And so the reward tiers go from there all the way up to what we what is our final bundle, which is the sketch bundle. And so the sketch bundle includes digital and signed print copies of all all of our books, as oh well God. as a original original sketch by Carlos of hey. your life. Your really? likeness, your likeness as a Viking. So Al Mega could be a Viking, bro, for real. Al, I mean, I, I got the beard for that already. That, it'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. <laughs> Al could be a Viking. Al could be a Viking. Oh shit, man! I, I'll be like the Boricua Thor or some shit, bro. It's a wrap. I love it. Yeah, so I we, you know, wanted to make sure we we tried to accommodate all budgets and all tastes, and as well as throwing a little something extra in there for folks that wanted that, you know, kind of that original artwork, that kind of unique experience um, as part of the process. Man. I, I think you did a fantastic job with doing that. Everything is absolutely affordable for real fans of comics. I mean, you're going to get a shitload of amazing stuff. I mean. A great investment and a wonderful independent. And I love this cover, man. Fuck. It's insane. Isn't that great? Yo, that shit is so fire, bro. Who is this? So is it Marcelo Basile? Wow. Where do you find homie, bro? That's just. I, I find these folks, um, you know, I do a lot of portfolio reviews online. Um, uh, you know, you just, uh, you know, different artist sites uh, post. I always post solicitations for all of our jobs on our Facebook nice. pages. Oh, you and, do? Yeah. And, oh, man. And, and folks, there you go. Let, let me share that, too, because, you know, this is what's great about homie. Sean, he knows what it is to lock down your goddamn social media presence. Blackjack <laughs> Press on all the social media platforms. Very easy to find. And so, yeah, so that's how, to answer your question, that's how we find people. We, we post solicitations for all of our jobs on our social media. So um, when you say jobs, I mean, what type of jobs are we posting? I mean, everything across the spectrum from writers, artists, colorists, yes, letters, absolutely. Our, our writers, nice. writers, artists, inkers, uh, colorists, um, letters. Now, when it comes to letters, I've stuck with the same guy from the beginning and I'm going continue <laughs> to continue to stick with them. Uh, you know, Kel's my good luck charm, <laughs> but, uh, every, every job we do, um, we solicit. 
Excellent. Wow. So you got to stay alert, folks. You know, check out. So if they follow you, they'll, they'll be get a notification and and yep. know when you're actually looking for some for some new talent. Out Absolutely. There. Folks, man, again, you, know, you see this? This is a, I haven't had an independent press like you like that that has said like, yo, we always put in our advertisement for jobs. Like, yo, step in. We'll test you. So what's the turnaround when, when somebody wants to submit some type of information? Like, what are the steps you're looking for for them to take when they submit to you? Um, so with, with respect to writers, uh, yeah, I've posted solicitations in the beginning, but kind of mo- most recently it's, it's been direct solicitation at this point. We're kind of okay. stepping. We've stepped away a little bit from the anthology model and the last anthology we did was all, all kind of direct solicitation. Okay. With respect to, uh, artists though, I have, uh, I post kind of a general description of the project, um, as well as a pay rate range. And, you know, cause I'm always willing to work with folks. Um, that, you know, I might be slightly out of their range, but, you know, can make some things happen to get to a particular artist. But so try and post a range. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, links to our social medias that have contact information with the other artists that we work with. So folks can get in touch with other artists and say, hey, is this Sean Fahey guy? Is he crazy? Is he OK to work with? Uh, <laughs> I want to allow I don't want you know, I want to allow people to do their research before coming to work. Do your with. homework, you know, if you think I'm nuts, don't fuck me, but you know, know what? I'm here for you because I I see that. I mean, you, you, you're here, you put a public blast, you're sharing it and wanting independent creators to come on. I already see you doing God's work here, bro. You, you're doing good things, man. Uh, God bless, for real. Uh, it's amazing for you to want to share in your journey with others. That's something that's very special, whether, whether people don't understand it or not. I mean, that is what, you know, I have a great team that I share my journey with and I'm blessed to have them. So when you want to put your brand out there and yourself out there, want to share that with others, that's a very special thing. So kudos on you for wanting to do that and just, you know, doing it publicly instead of just trying to pick and choose people, you know, at random, like, yo, I would love to work with you. No, you put them out there and letting everybody, you know, you know, put them to the test. Like, yo, you want to work? Let's do it. Yeah, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, it's, you know, you and I have both been there before, you know, wanting to do books and trying to figure out how to do it. And so, you know, I found myself in a position of trying to be someone that practices what I preach. And so if, if I've got opportunities um, to hire people, I want to make those opportunities as widespread as possible. Um, you know, everyone, mm-hmm. everyone's always asking the questions, you know, how do I get work? You know, how do I break in? How do I get involved? And so I, you know, I try get to get involved. That's step yeah. one. Yeah. Get involved. Put your, put your foot out there. Don't be afraid. You know, and especially when you see a blast from Sean talking about, Hey, you know, we, we have some awesome projects on Blackjack Press that we're looking for some time for. Don't be shy and say, Hey, Sean, check this out. Check out my work. Check out my lettering. Check- Although, listen, you're going to have to convince the shit out of him for letting me, but <laughs> apparently, <laughs> but, you know, if you're a good artist or a good writer, you know, or a colorist, like, yo, reach out. You may have a wonderful opportunity with this amazing independent press that has a kick-ass Kickstarter that, I mean, shit, you still have 19 days to go and you're way past that. <laughs> that yeah, it's, so, it's just to, 
Al, just to piggyback on that last comment um, in terms of, you know, solicitations and art. So we will be sending out something in the new year um, for our hey. next graphic novel. So I just finished the first draft of the next graphic novel, which is called Devil Country, which is a weird Devil West. Country. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird war tale that takes place in 1942 in the North African desert. And oh um, fuck, really? Yeah. Hey, so it is. Um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So it's it about so a bunch naughty of, uh, and dirty and crazy already. Holy shit! Well, we talked about the, we talked about the thing earlier. Okay, so imagine a bunch of British commandos in North Africa. Trapped in an underground tomb in, 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 in a remote part of Egypt during a violent sandstorm. And so you've got the beginnings of what Devil Country is going to be about. Oh my God, bro. All these shit. I, uh, all right, bro. I, uh, okay. Um, well, can I send you my credit card too? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm digging it already. I fucking love it. Bro, you have a sick mind. Uh, n- now I understand why as soon as you messaged me, I was like, hell yeah, I'm talking to fucking homie because my, my man is like, he's after my heart here with, with the type of shit that you produce. I am so digging it. God bless you on this stuff for real, bro. I mean, uh, like I said, I always like to share flowers. So thank you for putting yourself out there and sharing all that amazing content, bro. I mean, yeah, it takes a special kind of person to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so thank and, you. And thank you for what you do. You know, when uh, when I was looking at the, your site, I, you know, I saw you do podcasts with, um, you know, folks from all levels of comic books, you know, from the indie to the majors. And it, I really appreciate that your site gives, uh, you know, the small press and the indie creators a shot. You know, I, I was watching your podcast with Matt Smith from a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. Barbarian Lord is one of my favorite comics. And as you know, Matt is now doing Hellboy. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I love that you, you know, you had, you know, people like that on. You talk about, um, you know, the experience, like the indie and now the, you know, doing the. Yeah, I, stuff, that's so. what we love to do, man, because comics is so vast, right? And the whole thing is that, you know, you indie guys are the people that become those A-listers later on anyway. You know what I mean? It's only a matter of time. In the journey. So, Sean, you know, you got Blackjack Press, but I, I could see you one day, like all of a sudden, you doing some shit on Marvel or DC or, or even Image or something. You know, if you had a choice, what is your dream character to write? Ah, man. So, um, I love Jonah Hex. I love Conan. Uh, I love Sergeant Rock, but, um, like, to be honest, I, you know, one of my favorite comic books was Darwin Cook's New Frontier. And, what a beautiful fucking book. Yeah. And so I got, I got exposed at that point to the challenges of the unknown who mm. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't really followed um, up until that point. And so after that, you know, I, I ordered the old showcase editions by Jack Kirby. Don't you love those? Absolutely. And so the, that premise of four dudes who are on an airplane that crash. They all know that they should have died. They meet back at that spot one year after the crash and des- decide they're all living on borrowed time. And so they are going to become, and these are four regular dudes. None of them have any kind of powers. You know, yeah, you got a motorcycle daredevil, <laughs> you got a, you got a pilot, you got they're cool dudes, but they ain't right. special. And they're like, Hey, we should be dead already. So let's just, you know, Let's just dedicate our lives to fighting the freaky shit that's out there. 
I love that premise. And it's so dope. If your question was, if I could work on someone else's IP, what would it be? And I think it would be the challenges of the unknown. Nice. Nice, nice. I have my friends in ICC. Like, this is like fantastic four era type shit. This is what, the, who they are. You know what I mean? And then you start introducing the lady after the facts for a while. You know what I mean? Teams change. And I, and, and I agree with you. You know, that's a very underrated team. Yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is a team that should have had a show a long time ago, even on TV. Cause it's yeah, an I mean, adventure show. Yeah. It's, um, to me, I mean, who knows what's going to happen now, you know, with HBO Max and, you know, they're doing the Peacemaker show. And I know that, uh, I read that yeah. Colin Farrell, who's doing the Penguin for the next Batman, he's going to get a show. So obviously oh, HBO is, is getting interested in doing that. And we're getting some X-Men 97. You're right. Hey, yeah, my and, God. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, it could, it could be just a matter of time before folks realize, Hey, we could do a, a challenger show and it wouldn't be that expensive. Um, it wouldn't, know. it would be hella fun and alternatives yeah. to F4, which obviously was uh, under so much turmoil for so many years, right? Licensing and who has what rights and shit. You know, I think that's what made F4 lose steam. I don't know if you could agree with that, but it kind of made it lose steam. Like people got tired of waiting for a real, a four movie. I mean, I still want it, right. but do I want it that much as I wanted it before? And I even meant the challenges of the unknown, which is kind of almost on that level, but much more fucking fun because right. they still random dudes, not super powered. Yeah. You know? Excellent. So wh- what about you, man? If you could work on someone else's IP, what's what's your dream job? Me, I'm gonna work on White Tiger, my Puerto Rican superhero, and definitely give him some backstory. Give him something that actually means something instead of him just like I hate the origin story. I would try to revamp that a little bit because I hate the origin story fact that oh, the sons of the dragon threw their emerald out, and, and this Puerto Rican happily be walking down the alley, picked it up, puts it on his neck. He he, he has a, it's a white suit. Oh, I'm gonna talk, call myself White Tiger, mind you. Puerto Rico never had a white tiger. That's not something even <laughs> indigenous to our fucking country. So it's like, why are you even calling this Puerto Rican hero white tiger? You feel me? So oh, I yeah. want to fix that. Yes, make somehow, hopefully, help it make sense to be called white tiger. You know, right, right. You know, I, like I would it. try to fix that. You know, for real, because uh, let's make it more real. Because if everybody's all about that real shit, let's fix my shit too, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. I love it. But, bro, you're awesome, bro. I love the book. Fuck, I, I, you seen it, yo. The River of Blood. Uh, the fucking title, bro. Yo, if you had a choice before we go, action, live action movie or animated? For uh, live action. You want like, oh, okay. Oh, oh he, he responded so fat. Who's the actor? Who's the, who's the, so, movie? uh, you're going to love this. Like, I, I think this would be perfect <laughs> sci fi channel movie. Dolph Lundgren plays plays Wolfgar. I love this man right now. Motherfucker said, yes, real quick, already knows who he wants to cast and what motherfucking network. This is a man with a fucking plan. I love it. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes. Bro, you put it out to the world. Sci-fi, you heard it. It came from his mouth to God's ears, yo. Dolph, I know you need work. I'll make sure you get front row seats, Al. 
Oh, bro, I'll be there fucking screaming and hollering my weapons just for you. I promise. Awesome. Yo, bro, I love it. I, it this is, you know, see, you inspire me. The way that you, no one has ever answered that so quickly. Uh, I get, it's, the movie's playing in my head right now, man. I love it because you, you, you believe in what you're doing. You know, you're that passionate about it. Again, thank you for taking those steps forward. You know, to, to do what you do over here. You know what I mean? It, it's real. So thank you. So again, folks, uh, you want to show it one last time before we go. The Kickstarter. Check it out. The River of Blood from Blackjack Press. All right. Visit them. Facebook, Instagram, everything. They got it all. It's all Blackjack Press. All right. But also check them out and drive through comics, which is the great place to get independent comics. Yo, for real. I mean, Comixology is great. You know, shout out to Comixology. But, yo, you know, drive through gives a chance to, to certain presses that Comixology may not. So, yo, check them out right here. Blackjack Press through the drive through Awesome stuff. And if you want some sexy swag, hey, you go to the Indie Planet uh, print shop, you know, and you can find some a whole bunch of amazing stuff there. Sean, you're an absolutely amazing guest and creator. Is there anything I left out that people need to be aware of before we? I, I think we, I think we covered everything. I, I, I sincerely appreciate your time. And again, like I was saying before, you know, I was scrolling through your podcast, watching some of them, you give everyone a shot, man. You, you, you want to talk to the indie press folks. You want to talk to the small press creators. Uh, you don't discriminate, and I love that, man. I, I, I thank you, you. You have a great, great mm-hmm. site. And a great, great product. And thank you for everything that you do, man. Oh, man. Thank you for those kind words. I appreciate that. And I guess you see what we're doing. It's all about the celebration of amazing people like yourself that are putting yourselves out there to share in your products and your individual, you know, creations. And like, hey, I'm here to listen. DC and Marvel are fantastic. Don't hate on them. But the world is full of amazing people like you creating such so amazing indie product that, you know, that, you know, fills a, a purpose. Like, you know, hey, you, you want to fucking complain, DC Marvel, people like Sean that's making things you may actually enjoy a whole lot more. Truth. All right? Thanks, so bro. with that, nah, man, that's the facts. Well, Sean, thank you. Folks, I told you what to do. You know what it is. I'm out, Mega, and I'm out. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.